Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we have an episode on advanced caching with RxJS. Going to be pretty sweet, so let's get it started. Let's say hi to our panelists today. We've got Austin McDaniel with us. Austin, what's going on? What's going on, everyone? And we got Bonnie Brandon with us. Bonnie, how's it going? I'm so excited, um, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay, so I'm I'll tell you, but I won't tell you. I'm excited because the guest today is one of my favorite people, but I won't tell you who it is because that's Justin's job. Justin, who's our guest? I thought you were going to say you're excited to see me Friday. Well, yeah, because I'm going to have dinner with Austin on Friday. I'm super excited about that. Never mind about the get the mystery guest. All right, lots to be excited about. Okay, I'm so excited. We, we may have a couple other panelists joining us here. If they hop on, we'll say hi as they come on. Uh, but our guest today is Dominic Elm. How's it going, Dominic? Hi, what's up, everybody? We are super excited to have you here, especially Bonnie. But I think all of us are, are excited as well, for sure. Uh, I'm very, can I tell you a story excited. about Dominic, a very short story about Dominic? I think you need to ask Dominic if you can tell a yeah. short story about Dominic. Sure, you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm now curious. What is the story? Austin McDaniel muted me. Sorry about that. So, okay. So the first time I ever met Dominic at NGConf, and you know, there's a lot of people at NGConf and there were a lot of other people that we met that year. Uh, we didn't really pay any attention to him because he's super quiet and uh, he was just very, he's nice, but he was like just really quiet. Right. And then he came down to Houston for um, Angular masterclass last summer. And I found, which I didn't realize he is so silly and funny. Like once he can, like once you get to know him a little bit, he is the super most fun person, and he's so silly. But like if you don't know him, he's very professional and he's very like polite. So then, but once you get him like off camera, he's super goofy. So I'm hoping. So I'm here, Dominic, so that I can like help pull the super goofy out of you. So otherwise, you'll just be professional, and that's. I mean, that's nice. You can teach him cool stuff, but also you're so much fun. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen today, but uh, yeah. Well, that's okay. I'll, I'll thanks, be your heckler. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for introducing me. That's, that's <laughs> I don't know if that was a good introduction or not, but yeah, I, that was definitely... yeah, I think you're a super fun person. Thanks. Well, yeah. you're fun too. <laughs> All right, Dominic, why don't you uh, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm Dominic. Um, I'm a software engineer. I focus mainly on, on front-end um, technologies. I also do a little bit of back-end every now and then. But mainly, I do trainings with ThoughtRam. So I'm a trainer at ThoughtRam, where we do public and in-house trainings all around the world. Uh, I do a little bit of open source. Um, yeah. He travels with Pascal. You know that's fun. And he's yeah. wicked smart, you guys. I, I do travel quite a lot. and. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to to say about myself. I I got a question What's for you. What's your favorite color? My favorite color. My favorite color is blue. What's yours? It's blue too. My uh, such blue is the best. Hey, blue's my favorite color. What are you gonna do with that, huh? Oh, it's just a blue day. Blue day. I I, I got a I got a question for you. It's not a color question. What's your favorite? No, it's not that. Um, how did you uh, get into the training and teaching stuff? Is that something that's always been a passion of yours, or did you just kind of fall into it? Uh, actually, so before I um, I was working with ThoughtRam as a trainer, um, I was a front end engineer at like a smaller company, 
And I was actually um, a student of the Angular Masterclass. It was an AngularJS Masterclass, and I was a student there. Um, and Pascal and Christopher was there. And I think, well, I had a lot of fun. And I think it was two years later, and uh, I met Pascal at Angular Connect, I guess it was. And we were talking, and we, we had a burger. And I don't know, I wasn't super happy with my current job because it was a lot of maintenance work, and it was kind of boring. And I wanted to, to, do, to do something else. And so um, yeah, we talked about it, about opportunities to become a trainer. And um, yeah, so that's actually when I joined ThoughtRam. So, and then I did my, my first workshop at NGBE, and from there it just went on. And now I'm like a full-time trainer. Nice. And you are a very good teacher. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but then you so you start out and you're like being very like you're you you're really good at making complicated things simple, which is like my favorite thing in a teacher. But then sometimes you get like super excited about something and then you start talking really fast and it's like so charming. Oh yes, I know. And that part I gets confusing, get super but it's endearing excited. too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we okay, miss cool. you, Dominic. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, we should hang out. Maybe Angular Connect. This yeah. Year. See? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> nice. All right. So our topic today, advanced caching with RxJS. Uh, what do you got in store for us on that? Uh, well, so I don't really have slides. And it's, well, just going to be a little bit of introduction um, about caching. And then we're going to uh, dive into some live coding session where we implement. Well, actually, I, I want to talk about my blog post today which I've written about advanced caching with RxJS, because there was like this question popping up all the time in, in trainings when we talk about um, RxJS and observables, which was, how do I you know, cache my application data using observables? Because many people are very familiar with um, promises, um, but reactive programming in RxJS is, is well, quite different, because it can be very over overwhelming at first, because, well, the API is quite big, right? Um, it's a fundamental shift in mindset going from imperative to, to reactive functional programming. So I decided to write this blog post. And today, I actually want to share this and do some live coding and answer some questions. Yeah, that's going to be killer. Uh, the blog post, man, there's, it's filled with so many good gems throughout it, right? That's one of the things I love the most when we got this content material out there that presents an idea and, and, a, and a concept and, and how to solve it. But then throughout that process of reading that, you discover all these additional things. I mean, a lot of stuff with um, RxJS throughout this blog post that, that get revealed that, that you can take away and not only for solving the caching scenario, but others as well. So it's, it's a really good one. Yeah, we're excited yeah. to hear more about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it has a lot of things in it that you can also use for other things, which is, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I don't know um, how should we start. I mean, uh, first of all, we could uh, talk a little bit about different caching strategies. I don't know how you would cache um, things in your application. And I think there are many ways, uh, many strategies. For instance, uh, I don't know, we have, of course, client-side caching, which would be the standard browser cache, which is very ideal for, I don't know, caching assets, my CSS files, JavaScript files, and these kind of things, images. Um, then we have network caches, I guess, which I would describe as having like a CDN, like a content delivery network, which 
yeah, serves as a as a shared cache. So if you want to cache some data um, across all the different clients, you could use something like that, right? Then we have server side caching. Um, we have many different different things, and also yeah, in memory cache or service workers. And I think all of those strategies are not really mutually exclusive. I think it's a combination in most cases of all of them. So you definitely want to use the standard cache, the client cache, server-side caching, and in-memory cache, and all these kind of things, I guess. It's, it's always a combination of both. Um, yeah, but as I said today, I think it's, it's going to be about how we can um, cache data like using an in-memory cache with RxJS. Uh, yeah, and I think we should we could just dive right into the code, because I think that's the fun part. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. All right, so um, I'm going to um, share my screen now. Uh, let me see. So sharing my screen, where do I do that? So here is my screen. Cool. Share. OK. Can you all see my uh, screen now? Yes. Yeah. OK. There you go. Cool. So um, yeah, we're going to focus um, on basically the, the app caching, which means in-memory cache. And we're going to use RxJS. And if you have questions, I think I'm going to explain most of it. But um, it's great if, if, if you have any questions, then you can just ask. If anything is unclear, you can always um, interrupt me. I think it's, it's best we just do this all together. Um, all right, so I here. Is the font size OK? I think I don't really need this. So we can make this a little bit smaller. Uh, let me bump up this font size just a little bit. Uh, does that work? Yeah, I think that's good. OK, cool. So um, what I have here, and that's the same application from, uh, from the blog post. Um, and by the way, this is the blog post. Maybe we can share um, the link uh, yeah, in the chat. He did. OK, cool. Justin's so, um, two steps ahead of us. Yeah. That's that's great. Okay, so um, this is this is a very simple application, and and the main purpose is we have these uh, Joe categories, um, but for now we only have uh, one category. I can view that uh, as we can see. We get a list of jokes, Mars <laughs> jokes. I can I cannot like them because it's about caching, but I really love those jokes because. Some of them are just hilarious. <laughs> I thought I knew all the Chuck Norris jokes, but I never saw like actual Chuck Norris nerd jokes. Yeah, exactly. That is the funniest this, this, thing. Actually, I told you guys he was funny. Actually, there is a super nice API, which is the jokes API, and you can say nerdy, and then you get all sorts of uh, Chuck Norris jokes. And I was when I was implementing this and writing the blog post, I I really I was on the floor laughing. Some of them are super, super funny. OK, anyways, so as you can see, this is um, well a very simple application. We can always go back to the dashboard and then back to the list view, right? And um, I think the, the important piece is, let me arrange this. Wow, OK, I don't know why it's so extremely slow. OK, this is crazy. What, what ha just happened with my stack blitz? Hmm. Let's reload the page and make this a little bit. Wow. My machine is dying. I don't know why. 
we had Eric on. Maybe we should just ping him really quick and tell him like we got this. Yeah. Episode, you know, yeah. make it fast. <laughs> yeah, make it make it real fast now, immediately. Okay. Uh, yeah. Once this application loads, um, I'm gonna go to the network tab so that we can see that every time I go from the dashboard to the list view, I can see the data being fetched from that API. And we're gonna uh, we want to solve that basically by using a cache. Um, okay. I'm so is this just slow for me? Wow. This is extremely slow. Hmm. So when when do we want to start thinking about like this need for caching our our network request for this data? Is there kind of a an <clears throat> concept of like, oh yeah, this is this is when I should or introduce it? Why not? Hmm. I think, <clears throat> well, caching, well, I think it really makes sense if you, um, if you have a lot of navigations from one page to another and um, you don't want, well, essentially what, what caching allows you to do is decrease the network cost, right? Because always network, uh, network requests are always very expensive and in the best case scenario, we want to reduce them to a minimum, right? And also, we want to improve the, the responsiveness. So I think caching is almost, in every case, a very good um, thing to do because, and by responsiveness, I mean that the UI should be very snappy, right? So that the content can be retrieved faster or almost immediately. So I get it once, and then if I know it's not going to be changed in, I don't know, very frequently, then I can just cache it, right? To make my app very, very responsive and not to perform all those HTTP requests. What about if our data changes, right? Like caching is like a dangerous like game, right? Because, you know, we can get over-optimistic with it and um, our, you know, we can be caching too much and when our data changes on the back end, right? Like, now, mm -hmm. since we cache this, we're not getting the updated values. Like, how do you approach something like that with these strategies? Uh, that, that's a great question, and actually, that's what we're uh, we're going to cover today. Because what we want um, is is essentially, if I go to this page to the list view, I'm going to cache it, and then behind the scenes in a service, I'm going to basically pull for the data every ten seconds. So I'm going to refresh the data in the background, uh, and but I don't want to ruin the, the user experience, right? Because if the data is basically um, refetched in the background and streamed to the front end, uh, to the, sorry, to the view, then my view would just update, which is not so cool because I, I could be just reading those jokes and all of a sudden they change because the data was changed in the background in the service, right? Because I'm polling. So in order to solve this, I'm going to, uh, or we are going to implement this notification system. So we're, we're getting a notification when there's new data available, right? So I'm, I'm refetching the data every 10 seconds. And when there's new data available, I get this notification, and then I have to click it to refresh the UI. I think that's, that's a pretty good um, approach. I may, it may not be the best, but it's one way to solve this, I guess. Why wouldn't you want to automatically refresh the screen? Well, as I said, uh, I, I probably, if I just scroll through this list and I read those, uh, those jokes and 
all of a sudden they change and that joke that I was just reading is gone. I think that's not a really good uh, user experience because it, it I think it really depends on the use case. If you really want real-time data, then you probably wouldn't use like a polling mechanism in the first place and then instead use something like server send push notifications, right? So the server sends us new data instead of us polling for the new data. But um, yeah. Dominic, that's uh, that's one of the things that's really great about your post is that you not only cover like how to do the caching, but then you really cover all the bases on it. You know, like uh, Austin alluded to, I mean, once you start implementing a caching strategy, there's so many different things that you have to kind of cover and, and be aware of and then make decisions on. And, yes. and your post goes through really all of those, which is, which makes it great, great content. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, maybe, so before, so if I, now, now it's loaded. What I actually wanted to show is um, I ha I'm on a dashboard. And if I click, we can see that the data is being requested, right? It goes to this API here. As you can see, this nerdy category, I can go back to the dashboard. Every time I go to the list, it's being refetched. And I think what, uh, one good way is to actually cache the data uh, if we know that it's not going to change very frequently. Uh, yeah, so we can do that. But before we do that, actually, let me just quickly sign in and show you um, the, I'm gonna scroll all the way to the bottom so that we see what we're gonna implement. So if I click on run, let's see the, uh, the final solution, which implements all of that. So we're gonna go from a very simple cache using RHS to, to a very advanced cache with all those notifications and yeah, notifying the, the UI that there's some updates. Okay. It seems that my my internet is uh, my internet connection is pretty pretty bad. Hmm. Hopefully this will load at some point. Yeah. Really sorry for this. I don't know what's what's going on here. Ah, instantiating bundle. Ah, there we go. So this is the final solution. Uh, we we know the application. So from the dashboard, I can go to to this. And if I wait ten seconds, the data is being refetched in the background, and we should see a notification popping up. So we just give it um, a few more seconds. As you can see, it's not automatically reflected in the UI, which I think is, is very good because it does not just replace the jokes. And it could be that I, I, I don't know, I'm working with one of these jokes or reading them. So I can click on update and then there, the UI is being updated as well. So as you can see, update is, there's another update. Also, I can immediately refetch data. And that's gonna re-trigger another HTTP request. Uh, yeah, updating the data um, right, yeah, immediately, which is pretty cool. And that's what we want to implement. Okay, cool. Dominic, I got a quick question for you. Yes. Uh, now I know that this code and this post it covers a lot, so um, I'm not asking for more. But but does it does it happen to uh, identify when that new data comes in if our actual cache data had changed in order to notify you? So that it says like it doesn't notify you if the the new data that came in is the same as the, your existing cache, or does it not cover that? Ah, uh, wait a minute. What do you what do you mean? So 
so basically it's actually pretty um, pretty simple we always get a new notification and it doesn't really check whether the data is the same it just refetches the data every 10 seconds in the background and then it will notify the ui popping up that notification so there's no check between the data so but you're storing this in the store right or no wait i'm sorry i'm okay you maybe you're not using ngrx so but if you were storing in something store or something but it, but basically the idea that if i'm viewing this list and new data it made a new poll for new data right uh -huh. and, but the data hasn't changed it's the same as what's in my cache i wouldn't as a user need to click update right exactly but in that case i would implement the service a little bit different so that yeah I would implement this this check between the data, and if it hasn't really changed, I would not notify um, the UI in that case, right? And so that's not in this post, but it's something that we could go in and add, you know, if we want to take to the next. Uh, yeah, definitely, we could do that. It's called scope creep, Justin. <laughs> cool. All right, so. Um, yeah, we've seen that the data is always fetched, right? If I go if I go from the from the dashboard to the to the list view, it's always fetched. And um, to give you a brief overview of the application, it's actually pretty simple. We have a dashboard which we don't have to look into. It's just navigating to this list view, and then we have the list itself, which is a the um, yeah a list component. Uh, and we could take a look at, let me make this a little bit wider. So the list component really just uses um, an ng4, iterates over all the jokes that we have. It's using the async pipe because personally, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the async pipe because it does a lot of things for us. Um, I, I guess you're all familiar with the async pipe, but for those who don't, um, know everything about the async pipe. Actually, we have a pretty great blog post that we could share. It's three things you didn't know about the async pipe. It's on the ThoughtRam blog. I guess it's definitely worth reading. Um, but the great thing about the async pipe is really that we don't have to fiddle with manual subscriptions um, or subscribing to observables in our component class. Right? It's going to take care of all that. It's going to subscribe to this, in this case, this jokes observable and it's also going to unsubscribe from that stream if i if this particular component is being destroyed which is really really great and it does a few more things but um i would i just point to that blog post because i think it's pretty great and um, I, can i just jump in here and say the whole thought ram blog is pretty great there are some really good articles on there and they get they get updated like if something changes they go back and update them how much are they paying you, Bonnie? No, they're not paying me. I'm telling you, it's great. Well, the reason I love it is because sometimes I'm like I'm here by myself and I'm trying to figure out code, and people think I'm really smart and they're paying me for this, and I don't know how to do it. So I go look on the ThoughtRam blog or the Narwhal blog, which are probably my two favorite blogs. Um, don't let it go to your head, guys. It's just they're they're really good because they make it they make it very clean and simple and it explains it very well and I find the right answer there and some some blogs will actually give you the wrong answer and I'm not going to say who those are but those are really good blogs but I'm sorry Tom McClure. no that's yeah thank you very much um, yeah so um, right so we have the stream we basically iterate over all the jokes and we're using the async pipe now in the class. All we do is um, we have this um, class property jokes, which is an observable, right? An array of jokes. 
And inside the constructor, we inject the joke service, which is going to take care of fetching the data. And it's also going to take care of caching the data. Um, so that's the job of the joke service. Inside the ng on init, and here also, um, I'm a huge fan of putting things into the ng on init lifecycle hook because I try to only use the constructor for uh, dependency injection. Because uh, yeah, having things inside ng on init or initialization logic just makes it way easier to test. And also, I think fetching data doesn't really belong into the constructor because it's still instantiating the component. So we just wait until the component is really ready uh, to be initialized or with our custom logic. Right, and um, as we can see, this, this may look a little bit weird at first. So because you would probably um, have expected something like, OK, we're calling the joke service, right? And then, hey, give me the jokes, right? Like this. So it's actually, it's not a function. What I'm using here is basically just a, uh, it's, um, a getter function, which is pretty cool. So it just looks like a property, and it is. But behind the scenes, it's a, it's a getter function. And another thing, all right, we, we can ignore this. I, by the way, memoization is also a way uh, of optimizing the performance of our applications. Memoization, I would consider that also as one caching strategy. It's like application-specific caching. So we can cache the data for that particular function. And so when it's called with the same arguments, we're not going to re-execute the function. So that's pretty great, especially if you use um, something like ng4, right? I go back to the template here which is the joke list component. And here we can see that get jokes, right? I'm calling this function and I'm giving the joke ID. But whenever something changes or there's change detection being triggered, the view will update, right? So this function will be called again and again and again. And for that, we can use some caching, I would, I would say, which is called memoization. So just as a little. Yeah, side note here. And really quick, you know what we need to do is we need to have another episode and just talk about that. Maybe we can get you and, and Minko to come on and we could just do a, a memoization and pipes. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, definitely. I really, really like memoization because, um, well, you can use functions which compute stuff, but it's not going to be re-executed if the arguments haven't changed, which in most cases, uh, well, it's the case, right? Uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, but we could definitely do an, uh, an episode. All right, so um, the joke service. The joke service is also pretty simple for now. Uh, it uses the HTTP client um, service, which we can use once we import. Let me go to the app module. I guess you all know that. Uh, the HTTP client module, we have to import that in order to use the HTTP client service, right? I'm in injecting the service, and then I have this get a function here. To, so to the outside, or to the consumer, it looks like just a property, um, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and inside here, I just have this private method which does the HTTP request, right? I'm using the HTTP service. And what I really like about the HTTP client, or the new one, um, as opposed to the, the old HTTP um, service, is that it's it's strongly typed. So we can now strongly type the response. And it's, it's so great. It really leverages. Um, yeah, the power of TypeScript, which which I really love. So what we do is we do this get request, 
and then we basically just map the data to only the value and the that's how the api it has all sorts of properties but all we're interested is um, is the value property so we just map it is uh is this clear like um like the general idea of of piping and the the pipeable operators and mapping yeah okay cool so um that's that's basically it and that's what's what's happening in this application right and now in order to implement the most simplest caching mechanism what we could do is basically say that uh, we're just um, plugging in so rxjs has a ton of operators right we can use that there is i don't know how many i think more than 120 it's a lot really <laughs> a the only lot. one i know is switch map <laughs> so i i bet you know a little bit more <laughs> But um, yeah, so I mean, from from those many operators, I, I maybe use I don't know fifteen or maybe even less. Um, but um, yeah, all right. So what we're gonna do in order to um, provide a cache to to the consumers of the joke service is we're gonna implement um, a private. Can you all read it? Is the font size big enough? Yes. Maybe okay, we can great. pop it up a little bit. Okay. Yep. Let me. Maybe I can. Maybe I can zoom in. Whoa! It's going crazy. No, I'm not gonna zoom in. I'm just gonna like do this. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. So I think Thank we you. don't need this. So let me make this, and also this is also okay. Okay. So the first step is um, we're gonna um, create this private property, this class property, and we're going to call it cache. That's our cache. And I'm using this dollar sign as a, as a suffix here just to indicate the type of this, this property. And it just tells me, hey, this is of type observable. And I really love this con convention. It's really, you don't have to use it, but it really helps me to, yeah, to better reason about my code and to see the type of this property. And I'm going to say it's of type observable. So, and that's going to be an array of joke, right? I define all those interfaces. I think I don't have to show them. It's just um, interfaces, right? So the cache is, is storing um, an array of jokes. So now inside my jokes uh, getter function, I can just simply say, I can check if the joke so this property is null by default, right? So if this service is instantiated, it's going to be null. So it's not going to be, yeah, assign any value. So what I can do is basically say, if my cache is not initialized yet, right? I can say this.cache, so I'm going to assign some value to my cache, right? And the value for that cache is going to be, well, the, my HTTP request but not just the bare HTTP request, it's gonna be modified a little bit. But let's do the request for now. So I'm doing my HTTP request. So I'm calling this private function here, this helper method here, which just simply returns um, an observable for that HTTP request. And observables by default are lazy, which means I can just call this function and I'm not gonna perform the HTTP request, which is defined in this helper method here right? Because it's lazy. I have to subscribe. We always have to subscribe to, um, yeah, to kick off the work of that observable. 
So I can call this and then modify the returned observable and add some new behavior or um, by, by adding some, some operators. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pipe. And to make this a very, very simple cache, I'm going to use an operator called share replay. And share replay takes, well, you can see a few um, parameters, but the one that, that is important to us is the buffer size. So I'm going to say the buffer size is 1. And the buffer size is basically just, um, well, it's going to buffer caching one value, and it's going to replay that particular value to all the consumers. So it's only going to do that request, well, OK. Let me finish this um, up real quick. And then for the, for the function, we have to return something, right? And here we're going to return the cache, which means the first consumer who's calling this getter function or is requesting the data, the cache is going to be undefined, right? It's going to be null. So we're initializing our, our cache. So we get the HTTP observable, which gives us the data from that API. And we're going to extend it, or we're going to modify, we're going to create another observable with the behavior that we need. And that is the caching behavior, right? And for that, we can use share replay and tell it, OK, please always, for every new subscriber, if there's no new value, just replay the last value. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. So. That's already a very, very simple caching mechanism. And what Share Replay essentially does is it's going to create an, a hot observable, uh, which means that um, all the subscribers share one underlying source, and not every subscriber is recreating the underlying source. And the underlying source, in our case, would be the HTTP request. This is, this is what we do not want, right? We don't want every subscriber to Reperform that request. We want to share that across all subscribers, basically. So when the first request is made, we're going to cache it using share replay. And to all subsequent or future subscribers, we're just simply replaying the last value, which is super nice. And this is all we have to do to get our very first simple cache, at least in terms of um, this, this service. right? And now we can just go ahead. And already, quick, this real quick before you go on, uh, mm -hmm. just to make a, another point clear here, like you didn't set up any local scope field for in this class to save that data. The, the share replay, I mean, that's all kind of stored within the observable. So now you're not having to keep track of the actual jokes within this class, right? Exactly, so, and then that's the great thing about observables. Observables allow you uh, to. I would say that I would consider this, this service almost stateless, right? Because it is not really kept manually inside a property here, uh, which is, I mean, it is technically, it's, it's stored within that observable. But it's really, all the logic is really coming from that share replay. And share replay will take care of caching it and replaying it to all new subscribers, which is super great. It really reduces all the boilerplate that you have to write and all the code and the code that you have to maintain. It's really concise and on the point. Yeah, it's, you know, we know, I mean, we hear about the fact that, you know, RxJS and observables have all this power to do all these things, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. 
it, it's the thing that just keeps on giving. I mean, this is just a little finite thing, but it's pretty cool. The fact that like, you know, with this, you got this replay that you essentially have that storage of that data there. Now you don't have to worry about doing it and you can leverage it from there. So it's uh, just another one of those magical things that kind of we, we get out of observables. Pretty cool. Exactly. It's, it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's, RxJS is really powerful, and I really love it. I, I, it takes a little bit of time to to wrap your head around it, and also for me, um, yeah, I was, in fact, I was really struggling in the beginning to to make that shift in mindset. But once you get familiar, all you have to do is really practice, 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 and that's what I did with with RxJS. Um, I did all sort all sorts of things. For instance, I also implemented a library recently, which is this drag to select, it's ng extract to select. And it really just, I really only created that library because I was asking on Twitter for um, some challenges that I could solve with RxJS just to practice. I would really, um, yeah, it, if you really want to, to wrap your head around it, just do something with RxJS and, and practice. I think that's, that's a pretty good advice. Did you just say that you're looking for more RxJS problems to have to practice? Did you hear yeah, that, everybody? Definitely. I, I would still <laughs> say <laughs> that. <laughs> I would still say that. I, I know people are going to flop me with all those challenges, but <laughs> I don't have that much time. But every now and then, I really love to solve those challenges. And this was, was part of it. Like, I really started to implement this in a very complicated way, but that's not that's not a problem. You can always start very complicated and super sophisticated, but then step back for, for a minute and look at your code and try to iterate. That's what I really learned over, um, also what I really learned from Pascal and Christoph um, and, and working with them is really iteration. You can do something, it, it will never, in most cases, it will never be perfect, but you can implement something and then take a look at your code and try to refactor it step by step. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's get. Oh, sorry for the detour. <laughs> That's uh, right. I, I think I are the best. The so detours are the best. Yeah. Sometimes I, I I do very big detours and talk about things that well have nothing to do with this. <laughs> it's part of your charm. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So we have share replay, and that's great because it's, uh, yeah. So this is already just a working cache. And we can very, we don't have to do anything inside our component, right? If I go back to the component, which is this one here, I'm simply calling this. And so let me, hopefully I can reload this. Uh -uh, and I'm going to open up the DevTools, but this time, Let's put it here at the bottom to make this all nice. Okay, so let's go to the network tab and just verify that this already works. Where's my, there it is, awesome. So network tab, I'm gonna click on XHR and I'm gonna, so the moment I click on view, we're gonna see an HTTP request, right? We see that HTTP request here being made because that's the first subscriber to the observable that is exposed by the service, right? If I, if I go back to the service, let me make this a little bit smaller again. The first one that calls this jokes getter method will instantiate the cache and it's gonna make a request and share and replay 
that value to all to all subsequent and future subscribers. Uh, so when I now go back to the to the dashboard, right, it is being destroyed. If you remember from from our um, from our um, from our template here, we're using the async pipe, which will automatically unsubscribe from that observable. And in the case of cold observables, so if you have a cold observable uh, and you're gonna resubscribe to that, you're you would reperform and recreate the source of the observable. But the fact that we made this hot by using share replay, basically multicasting operators here, that's not that's not going to be the case. And also because we st um, store the the cache instance inside this property, which means if I now go back to the view and resubscribe to that observable, which is exposed by the service we don't see any requests. So it's already being cached. Isn't that great? I, I find this super, super mind-blowing. So the first time I was, walking, uh, I was working with this and I plugged in that share replay, auto magi uh, uh, and magically, uh, things were cached. So I, I you were really- You were gonna say auto-magic, weren't you? Auto-magically. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to say auto-magically. <laughs> Do it. Embrace the goof. The goof, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so this is so great. So I can just now go back and forth, and this is already caching. So and this is a great way of caching things. So if you know that your data that you're fetching is not going to change sometime in the future or very frequently, this is a great way of just caching it. It makes your application super snappy. Imagine you're, you're using this application on a slow 3D network, right? I make this slow, so it is really slow. I can go immediately see the data. If this would be refetched, I would see that this tiny delay, maybe of a few hundred, hundred milliseconds, but caching makes it really snappy. But you always have to, to think whether you can apply caching or you always have to keep in mind, what is my data? You always have to consider that, right? It's not that you should use this everywhere. Uh, as I said, if, if the data really changes uh, frequently, you may have to think about um, other things. Okay? Cool. Any questions so far? Nope. Nope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, all right. So I think um, we can just go on to... So what is the next step? The next step is actually... Um, that we want to fetch the data in the background, right? Because now it is never updated. Let's say we know that our, and by the way, we're also going to implement this fetch new jokes so that we can fetch new data right away. But for now, let's say um, we want the data to be updated in the background every 10 seconds. So how can we do this? Well, actually, that is not that difficult uh, either with RxJS. Because all we have to do, or, or, yeah. So what we can do is basically say uh, we could use, there's an operator called, do I have it here? Uh, no, I don't have it here. I can use, oh, by the way, this is the old uh, RxJS imports. Um, but I think that's, that's OK for now. So what we, John. yes, uh, I'm sorry for that. I haven't updated this. <laughs> I like how he like lures his voice. He like don't judge me, you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So one way of doing this 
and this is another reason to use the latest ArcGIS version. It really simplifies these these imports. It's if you update to ArcGIS six dot uh, x, uh, it is really just mainly two imports. It's ArcGIS and ArcGIS operators, and not this this thing here. <laughs> okay, so one way to um, refetch the data in the background is to use something like an interval, right? We have browser APIs like set interval, which execute a callback every x milliseconds. So that's great, right? Because we know we want to and we want to um, update the data in, in the background based on an interval. So let's do this. So what we can do is basically say, we're going to set up here inside my cache, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to call this. And one, one um, recommendation or one advice I would give you is if you solve problems in a functional reactive way using RxJS or observables, break down your problem into smaller chunks, smaller pieces, and then take those pieces at the end and bring them back together. This really helps me to, yeah, to, to reason about my, my code and, and to make it more readable and also in, in some cases more maintainable. So what I do, and this is what I, what I mean by breaking things down. So we want some interval. So something, a stream that emits a value every 10 seconds, right? So I'm going to create an interval. And this interval is based on the static interval function. And I'm going to say, OK, every 10 seconds. So I'm passing this. It takes basically this. Can I bring back that IntelliSense? No, I cannot. Cool. So it basically take, ah, there it is, period. Awesome, and a scheduler. So the first parameter is basically the period, and it's in milliseconds. So I'm going to say 10,000, which is 10 seconds. So that is my, my interval. So what interval basically does is, let me uh, create this ASCII diagram here. So I have my stream, which is my interval stream. And that's going to emit every 10 seconds a value. But the thing is, and in our case, it's not ideal, I would say, because the first value is emitted 10 seconds later. And I think that's, that's not great, because we if we re, uh, if we reload the page and we go to the to the list view the first time we don't want to have that delay of 10 seconds right we want to see the data right away so for the first subscriber to our to our cache to our service here we want to make that request does that make sense yes so with interval this means we would wait basically let's say every dash is is 10 seconds let's just assume that so every dash is 10 seconds so only after 10 seconds we would get a value and then after another 10 seconds and so on and so forth so there's another operator that we can leverage to actually solve this because we want to emit a value right away uh, uh, right away so what i can do is i can use timer and i have this i think i have this great um marble diagram here, which demonstrates the problem here. So interval, as we can see, takes a period, right, in milliseconds. So every 10 seconds, there is a value being emitted. But the problem is there's this delay in the beginning. And we could actually solve this problem using interval by doing something like this. We can say pipe and then start with, which is just going to kick off the stream with some value. Of course, I have to import this. I'm going to import that from RxJS operators. 
And this would pretty much solve, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call it a problem, but in our case, it's not the wanted behavior. So this would basically solve this. So it would emit a value right away, wait 10 seconds, and it would look like this. But there's another operator that we can use called timer. And timer is actually exactly what we want. It takes an initial delay and it takes a period. And the period we already know from Intel, right? And if we set that timer, this initial delay to zero, we would get exactly, oh, sorry, excuse me. We would get exactly this, but with one single operator. And that is mind blowing. <laughs> I always find that mind blowing. So what I'm gonna do, is I'm gonna grab, um, where is it? Uh, I want to get timer. So I am importing timer here instead of interval. And I'm gonna call that timer. I'll leave that there for a second just to make this more clear. I'm gonna change that timer. And as we know from the marble diagram, it takes an initial delay and it takes my period. And the period is gonna be 10 seconds, similar to the interval and I can just get rid of all that, right? It's just the timer now, and it's one operator. It's super on the point. Very nice. This is exactly what we want, and it keeps on emitting infinitely. Um, all right, so, and now we just have to base. So every time that timer emits a value, we want to perform, we want to refetch the data, right? We want to fetch the data. So what we can say is, and this, this is what I meant by breaking things down. So we have two things. We have the timer, and then we have the, the actual uh, caching and fetching log logic. So what I could say is I want to base my cache now on the timer thing. So whenever the timer emits a value, I'm going to pipe. If I need to add some few operators here. And what we have to do is basically switch map. Um, we're going to use switch map. Do I have switch map already imported? Uh, I don't, of course. Switch map. Let's get switch map. Switch map is awesome. So we have switch map. And switch map uh, basically takes a function, and the function gets the value that is emitted on but just a, so timer just emits uh, integers going from 0 to infinite, right? Um, so we get that value, but we're, we, we're not really interested in that value. All we, have, all we want to do is basically switch from that timer, from the value that is emitted on the timer stream, to my HTTP request, to a stream that does the fetching. So what I can do is basically take this thing, and I'm going to map the value on my stream, on the timer stream, and map it to another inner observable. Do I have to uh, explain switch map, or is can I assume you that? have to explain switch map, and you have to and you it, yeah, and Brocky's not here, Shy's not here. I don't know if you could possibly explain switch map better than they did. <laughs> I don't think so because that that <laughs> conference talk at ng-conf that was just wow. Yeah, From, you, you could just explain description of it because we have an episode where we did the behind the scenes of that talk and we can point people to the talk. So if they really want to learn the details about switch map, we can send them some resources. So yeah, it was exactly. just recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, in a nutshell, it's really just mapping like uh, some, some primitive value to another observable and then flattening the values <laughs> from this. Oh, it's really, I just, let's, let's just say, watch that talk, uh, I think. 
that's that's I can never hear the word flattening again without (laughs) picturing Pete going I can't even say it like I'm not even gonna try to say it like him it's just but actually I have a very nice model diagram in my blog post maybe that makes it clear so as we can see right the timer emits those values and those are just primitive values which is numbers right zero one two and so on and so forth and now with switch map here it takes a function and as we can see, it gets the green value as a parameter, but we don't do anything with that green value because we don't care about the timer values, right? We, don't, we, we just don't care. So we just simply map this value similar to just a simple map where we, let's say, map apples to bananas, right? We just map one value to another value. We do the same inside this switch map, right? We just map it to an, uh, to an observable. And this observable, of course, has also emits some values, right? As we can see, so we map this first value to some stream, which emits one, uh, one value. And we do that for every single green uh, value. We just simply map those. And we take those values from those orange streams here, right? And emit them on the resulting stream. And the great thing about switch map, I don't want to talk too much about this, but um, Compared to merge map, uh, it actually those are very similar, but the, there's a tiny, very important difference because switch map will automatically unsubscribe from the previous inner observable. And when I talk about when I say inner observable, I mean these these streams that we map to, right? As you can see here, this is exactly the case. The second value comes in, the the second green one, we map it to some stream, right? But that value comes back way later in time but there's already a third green value emitted so of course we map it to this other inner stream which emits three so we already at this point unsubscribe from this second one and we just forget about that too and we just simply keep going with the latest value so we always keep track on the latest subscription i hope Maybe that helps some people. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's really helpful. I I mean I have to say I love your diagrams just in general because I sometimes when I'm trying to like I don't want to say sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my brain around a new concept, but it's hard sometimes, right? And for me, RxJS operators when I first learned it was something I kind of struggled with, and those uh-huh. diagrams really I mean for me it helped me a lot. I love the diagrams, and your diagrams are I, you every blog post should have a diagram. I think, especially yours, because I love your diagrams. Yes, I, I tried. I, I don't know if those diagrams are very helpful to, to everyone. I don't, yeah. I've, I've heard that some people find them confusing a little bit, but for me, yeah, I really try to make them simple. I don't know. <laughs> well, Chaos Monster just agreed with me in the chat, so it's official. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> nice. Thanks. No, I think it is super helpful. Okay, I think that's... maybe for the people who already know, it's like, oh yeah, we don't need that. But for the beginners, it's—I mean, for me, when I was beginning learning RxJS, that mm. the, those were really helpful. Okay, great. That's that's. I'm I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> so I can just keep keep creating those. That's good. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we want to map that timer thing to some HTTP request. So for every timer tick, you can you can just call it tick. We want to make that request, right? And at the end, we just plug in our share replay to make it so that we share the latest value and always share replay the latest value. If I set that to two, this means I store the latest, the last two requests, and it would always replay those last two 
uh, events. But of course, we are only interested in the in yeah, most recent value. OK, cool. And this is already basically it. So now, this means if I, uh, I, can, I can actually save this. Yeah, cool, I can save this. So this is already updating things in the background. So this means if I go to my list component, let's see, I get the stream. Yes, perfect. So let's see this in action. So I click on view, I get the data, and I think we have to wait 10 seconds. If, it, if that's too long, we can reduce the interval. So 10 seconds later, yeah, we can see the data is automatically refetched on that timer, right? Which is super awesome. I mean, we're now refreshing the data uh, every 10 seconds, but I think we can do better, right? Because now the UI is updating. I'm scrolling here. I am having so much fun reading this super, oh, super long joke. And all of a sudden, the data is gone because it's automatically re reflected in the UI, which is not so cool, I would say, in terms of the user experience. Um, any questions so far? No. Awesome. All right, so I think for now, we're done with the service. So we have that logic in place, which is uh, refetching the data or uh, refreshing the data in the background. So we don't have to focus on, on the service anymore. And by the way, this what I what I live code and what I implement here is is just a little disclaimer here. I think there's probably a ton of ways, and that's what I encounter all the time. If you if you try to implement something with RxJS, there is many ways to roam or how do you is there a saying in, in english so in german we say there are many ways to roam is that you have the same in all, english? all roads lead to rome I think. Ah, all roads lead to rome yeah maybe that so there there are many ways to skin a cat oh there, yeah i didn't, I didn't make that up it's a saying, don't believe i'm like you're really going dark there man <laughs> It's not my thing. I'm sorry. Blame my dad. Okay, all the roads. I think I don't really like to to skin cats. So, all the roads leave to Rome. Let's say that. So, yeah, there there are many ways to solve a problem, and this is just one way. And um, so yeah. for me, I think that's one of the hardest things is because there are so many ways to answer yeah. a problem. Do you have an answer for like if someone's intimidated by all the ways like that helped you like come up with? Well, this is the solution I'm going to use. Uh, no, I, I don't really have no. In most cases, <clears throat> what I try to do is really just get feedback from from other people. I think that that helps. Um, you can you can implement something and don't feel bad about your implementation. Really, just just implement something. I think every impl every implementation is good. It's it's not good or bad. It's it's just one way of implementing things. And if you ask, and you probably if you ask ten people, you get ten different answers. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think for me, the best thing you can do is really implement something, do it your way. You think is uh, do it the way you think is the best, and then get feedback from other people. Just ask about opinions. Like, would you do it the same way? And I, yeah, I don't know, but. I, I don't think no, it's I think always black like and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, feedback is really really the best thing. Best thing. Okay, cool. So um, we got that caching mechanism in place, and now we don't want the UI 
by the way, how 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 many aren't we almost over? Like, no? Yeah, Do I so still we're, have time? Uh, <laughs> we're we're at the top of the hour. Um uh -oh. we can continue on if you'd like to share some more or we could wrap it. We could have another episode of follow-up. Uh whatever you feel like doing. We can make time if you want, or we can um wrap it up however you like. Yeah, I I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna grill uh people too much. I I'm I'm cool with just keep keep going if if it's, yeah. it's fine. Well, either way is fine for me. Okay. Just talk really fast. <laughs> should, should I just finish up and, and do it real fast? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's keep going for a while. If any of our panelists have to drop off, that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's great content. So if you're willing to keep sharing, then let's, let's capture a little bit more. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I, I think some people could really, um, I think it's, it's, it's great to have not only just a blog post because some people, they, they prefer videos and just, you know, coding along with whatever they see in a video and yeah it's cool with me if i just keep going yes chaos monster says keep going okay it's official, it's official. <laughs> so if chaos monster says uh, says that it's it's official yeah well he agreed with me earlier so yeah we're absolutely listening to him <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so yeah we got the caching thing uh, in place and now we don't want the ui to to automatically update that's super annoying right um so uh, we're going to focus on our list component because the service in itself shouldn't be responsible for um, like sending notifications, in my opinion. Probably there, there are many different opinions, but the service in our case is really just fetching the data and implementing this cache. And the UI knows best when to update things and when there is new data. We can just hook into whatever is exposed by the service, but the no notification is UI related, in my opinion. So um, so what I do is I we implement now this notification system inside that component. This is just um, like a very simple, for this use case, it's, it's okay to have it inside the component. But in, in most cases, you maybe want to reuse that logic. So you can put it into, um, you can either use the static pipe function, which is pretty cool to, to create reusable pipelines of operators. You can put it into a service. You can, like a notification service, all those things. But just to, to keep it simple here, we're going to do it inside the component. So um, what I'm going to do is basically, uh, I'm going to implement a new function, which is again, a helper function, because I know that I'm going to need that piece of functionality um, in multiple places. So I'm just going to extract it into a reusable function here. So we're going to call that uh, uh, get data once, right? And what this does is basically just taking this uh, jokes, oops, this jokes thing here, and it's going to return that. But as the name already indicates and implies, it's only getting the data once. So we're going to pipe it, and we say there's another operator, yay, uh, which is take. And we're going to get take from RxJS operators. Again, use RxJS 6. It will make your life easier. Uh, so here's take. Awesome. And take, so with take, basically, we can just control it just Give me that. Give me one value, the very first value, and then that stream is going to complete. It's going to be completed. So it's not going to emit any more values because we know that the observable uh, returned by this jokes property 
is ongoing, right? It's it's long living. It it will re-emit the values. So as we can see on the right, it's always updating and streaming the data from the service. We do that request, we're pulling new data, and it's gonna stream all the way to the UI because of the, the async pipe and the subscription there. So, uh, and now we can just say, uh, we're gonna move that, we're gonna say, we're again breaking the, uh, things down into smaller pieces because that really that is really helpful. So we can say const, and we're gonna name that initial jokes. <laughs> not coax, initial jokes. <laughs> Sorry for that. Um, <laughs> so get the data once. So that is my initial um, things. So, and then I can just say initial jokes and we're back to what we had before, right? We're fetching it once, but let me quickly bring up the dev tools here. Uh, ah, no, we don't, of course, we don't see it anymore because oh wait a minute oh this is this is one thing that i think it just keeps storing the well anyways okay we get the data here right let's see we should not uh, see so in the background as we in the background we see that requests are being made but if you if you look on on this application here where I scroll, the data is still the same. So it's still updated in the background. So our service has the, has the latest data. Hello, little dog. <laughs> has Sorry. The, no problem. Has the uh, has the data stored in the cache already, and it's being refreshed. But it's not streamed to to the uh, to the UI anymore because we say, hey, just give give me the data once. Right. And now one thing. So inside my list component, I hope where's my reload? That's the reload. Where's my notification? Can do we have the notification jokes? Oh, this is the notification. Where's my notification? This here? Ah, that's the notification. So stretch. Wait a minute, I have to that is my button. And that is the span joke joke. Oh no, that's that. That's not my notification. Wait a minute. Ah, there's my notification. You can't see it. So there is, but where is it? It is actually not. Can you use? Huh? Am I blind? So why is this not showing? This is the oh. fun of live coding. This is the fun of live coding. So one thing I'm wondering now is, oh, wait a minute. What are we looking for? The are we looking for where you're pulling in the data, like the notification? No, I'm actually looking for why. I mean, there's no ng if, right? So this should actually show up in the UI. No, I mean, this notification why isn't ah? It's the styling because it's hidden behind that thing, right? I forgot we about that. You, Dominic. <laughs> so, right. So Yay. if I okay, no. What? Is it as the index? Try the negative one. Uh, maybe no, it needs to have the visible class. Oh yeah, maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's just make that visible. <sighs> Thank you. That is the power we of got you, fam. coding uh, with friends. That's oh what? <laughs> Where is it? Huh? Wait a minute. Any any chance you can like inspect? I know we're in stack yes. blitz, but can you inspect 
and then like go through the element tree and we can find out exactly why it's hidden. Yes, Perhaps. that's a good idea. <laughs> also, there's some things that I think that's not our fault. So it should be here. So where do we have that toolbar? That's the top of it, right? So that is the list and it has the, uh, it is still invisible behind that thing. Transform. Let's set that to ten pixels. In your blog. Oh, something. Something is super broken here with the Z, uh, Z index. What is going on here? You had that one line commented out in your CSS. Oh, did that? Maybe that broke everything. And then you uncommented it. No, it was above that. It was line twenty-four was commented out. Line. But like the, trans the transform translate why? Th this one? Yeah. Maybe let's. I don't let's know why you had it commented out. Let's but then you, the you uncommented that and then you added visible. Okay, that's weird. Actually, it, show up, it should show up if it has the visible class. I just want to show you that there is a button. Uh, oh, Chaos what? Monster said you typed it wrong. Look, visible on line one, it needs oh. another I. Oh, thank you so <laughs> Dang, much. I did not even see that. Dang. Wow. There you go. That is, if you life code, you're blind. You cannot see such things. Thank you so much. So yes, so this is our notification, right? We have that update button. So what we have to do is, well, since we're working with observables, right? We somehow need to get an observable from a DOM event. Right? So when I click that button, I want to basically emit a value because I'm composing streams together. So, and one way to solve this, when working with form, forms, and for instance, if you have like a type ahead, you can easily use reactive forms and a standalone form control. But for a button, I would say, um, well, I would stick to the approach of using a subject. So what we can do is basically say, uh, I'm going to import a subject, right? And a subject is great because it's observer and observable at the same time. So we can subscribe to, to a subject and also uh, next new values, which is super awesome. So I'm going to create that new subject. And I'm going to call that, let's say, updates, because um, that's going to tell me when they're, or when I click on no, yeah, that's the stream that tells whether the UI should be updated or not. Yes. So we're going to instantiate a new subject here. And we're just going to say subject. And we're going to make that void. So this generic type basically just it determines the type of the value emitted on that subject. But for us, well, we don't really emit any values. We just, or we, we don't care about the value submitted. We just want to know that there is something happening or that there is an event. So we have this update stream. We're going to plug in. I'm going to go to view, right? Going to remove. Oh, we can keep it there for now. So here we have that, that button, right? And I want to listen for whenever I click on the button. And now I have my update stream, right? Which is the subject. I cannot only subscribe to it and and chain on operators, I can also next values. Uh, so I can be in the driver's seat here. Up, uh, update, dollar sign. Oh, it already tells me that I have the stream. Super nice. And I can now just emit a value. 
right? Void just telling that there is actually nothing really emitted on the stream, but still subscribers will be notified that something that something was emitted. Sounds strange, but yeah, well. <laughs> okay, does that make sense so far? So that we create this subject so that we can bridge it, so get an observable from a DOM event? Yes. I, yes. Awesome. Yes, it does. Okay, cool. So we have the subject, right? And now that we have the subject, what we can do is basically say inside here, all right, where we have our initial data, we're going to create another stream called updates. And the updates will always is based on my subject. So, oh, there is an equal sign missing here. So whenever I click on that button, right, which is my updates, I want to get the latest data from the service, right? right. And the service is, huh? No, I was agreeing with you, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, whenever I click on that button, I want to get the latest data. And what I can do is basically say pipe, and when update emits a value, and that is the subject. So when I click on the button, because we hooked it up there in a template, I want to get the latest data. So I can use merge map here. Um, in that case, I think, well, you could argue whether merge map or switch map makes sense in this case. But uh, since we're, I would, I would argue in a way that since the data is already cached and we retrieve the data synchronously, we could not really run into out-of-order responses, I guess. Uh, well, I have to give it some more thought. But in our case, we just use, uh, well, to, to be really safe, you can use switch map. But I would, yeah, let's stick to, to merge map here. So. We don't care about the value because it's just a, there is no value really. So what we want to do is say, hey, give me the data once. When I click on that button, of course, I have to uh, import this, say merge map. And so whenever I, whenever I click on the button, give me the latest data, right? Give me the data once. I don't want to get the stream. So I don't just want to hook into this property because again, that's an ongoing stream, a long living observable. So just give me the data once, the latest cached data, right? And then all I have to do is plug things back together. So um, I can say there's a, what I would recommend to use is the static merge instead of the pipeable merge or the, the merge operator because it makes things more readable. So what we can do is uh, import the merge operator here, the static one. And as the static is really awesome. So say we're going to merge the initial jokes and our updates, right? Since both streams emit the same observable of the, no, I mean, not the same observable, but an observable of the same type, we can just assign it to our jokes observable. And both of them are going to return arrays of jokes. That is so cool. So that's really how it works. You're just saying, here's my initial jokes, here's the updated ones. Uh-huh, exactly. So the, the thing is, we really need those initial jokes. Why do we need those? Because otherwise, let me show you what this, see, we don't see any data, right? Because we say, hey, 
this update stream, this updates, only emits a value when I click on that button, right? It's coming from that subject, which emits a value from in, in the UI when I click the button, uh, right? So it's like giving it a default or something to fall back yeah. on if the Basically. button hasn't been clicked so yet? I, yes. So what I do is say, hey, give me the initial jokes, and this stream completes right away. It just gives me that one value, the jokes once, and then that stream is completed. So it's not going to emit any more value. Can we press the button now? Yes, I can press the button. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. I, we have to wait. We don't get any no notifications yet. Let me see. What do you mean we have to wait, Dominic? We need more jokes. Uh, yeah, I know you want to see the... Let me bring up the DevTools so I can show Push you that. <laughs> no. It's so easy, man. Just make, make no. it. <laughs> Give me just one second. Don't worry. Justin put the link to the to the joke server in uh, in the YouTube chat, so I clicked on it, and now I'm not even paying attention. I'm just reading all the jokes. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. See? Just kidding. Okay. We see the data. I can click on that button, but it's not changing. Now pay attention to the DevTools, right? And here's a new request being made, and it's still the same. But as you can see, it is updating now. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. Let me do it again. I clicked it because yeah, I was like, I missed it. Do it again. <laughs> okay, let me do it again. Let's wait for the request. Click it slower this time. In the time. background. So there's the new request here at the bottom. I click it. Pay attention to the list. It's updating, right? I can click it again. Nothing happens because there was no request uh, made yet, right? Now I hope that you can you can follow along. Uh, let me clear that one more time. So here. I can click it. I really press it all the time, but the data is not yet updated. Now let's wait for the request here at the bottom. And there it is. It was updated on that timer. I can click it, and the data is different now. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. That is cool. <laughs> OK, awesome. Let me comment real quick on the um, pattern that you have here with the uh, update, right? which is real similar to what you have for the timer, uh, which is essentially you're saying, I want this stream to trigger some other action, right? So you're using the timer as a trigger back in the service. And here you're using the click of the button as a trigger to you know, initiate this other thing. And so it's exactly, like yes. Merge map and switch map to kind of pull this off. That's kind of that. Uh -huh. Yes, exactly. So this update, the subject is just a trigger to get the latest data. And I have to use the initial jokes. Otherwise, I only see some jokes on the screen if I press that button because, well, that's the only trigger then, right? So I'm basically having two triggers. One that gives me the data once, like the initial data, and one that gives me always the latest data when I press that button. And you're using this observable, but you're not using the value that comes through it because you don't really care about it. So you're, it's just another usage of an observable that maybe you know people might jump into and start thinking, okay, I need an observable and I need to use the values from it. Well, you could also use an observable as just this trigger and not really care about the values like you, like you pointed out. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. That's, that's really the beauty of observables. You just create those pipelines, those chains, and you can yeah, have different triggers, right? You can have different event sources. You could just pluck them together and do whatever you want. That's, I, so, I really love that. I want to understand, make sure I understand, it's not updating right away because like, it hasn't 
gotten the data yet. So it basically the update button is only a really updating once we actually have an update kind of thing. Yes, I mean, I, I, I press the button and it's still asking for the latest data, right? So this is, this is still triggered. This oh, function okay. is okay. still triggered because there, there will be an event uh, being broadcasted on this subject, right? But the data is not going to change unless uh, inside our service where we do this timer thing, we're just polling the data in the background every 10 seconds. And if oh. I ask for the data all the time and it wasn't yet updated by the timer, then of course the data is not going to change, right? It is only going to change when that timer ticks, like when there's another tick, like okay. now, right. right? I can just click, wait 10 seconds, and then there's a new value because oh. the timer ticked again. Gotcha. Okay, uh, right. I think we can go until, um, yeah, showing that notification um, automatically and not just all the time because we only want to show the notification when there's really an update. And I think then, because probably if I do also force reloading, that's going to take another 30 minutes or 20 minutes. I, I don't know if you have that much time. Yeah, that's, that right. sounds good. Let's just you know, finish this last Let's just uh, wrap up this thing and cool. the notifications. And then, well, we can, if you want, we can do another episode or so. Okay, cool. So this thing now um, is always shown, right? Because we added, <clears throat> excuse me, we added the visible class. So uh, let me just remove that. Now we don't see the notification anymore because we have to dynamically add this visible class when a new, when an update is available, right? <clears throat> so the component uh, should take care of this. And what we're going to do now is the jokes. So this is my all the all the streams that make up uh, like getting the data and stuff. Maybe I can just group that like maybe this. So that is that is for all the jokes here, getting jokes right. And now I'm gonna implement the notification mechanism, notifications. Uh, and for that again, uh, think about your problem and break it down into into smaller pieces. So the first thing is so what is the initial trigger for notifications? Well, it is the stream this exposed by our service, right? So we can say my initial or well, maybe we can say notifications, right? This is my notification stream, which will emit values whenever that stream from the service emits a value. So we just simply say this dot joke service, right? We get the stream from the service, but now uh, that is jokes, by the way, and I'm going to make that a little bit smaller and this a little bit bigger so we have more room here. So do we want to get all the values? No, I don't think so, because we want to skip Well, we the want all the values. Yeah, well, we want all the values. Not, not really. We, we want, <laughs> we want all the values, but skip the first one. Why do we want to skip the first one? Because we already have it. Yes, because we already have it, and we don't want to show the notif notification for the very first initial like request, right? Because then that would be kind of confusing. If I go to the to the list view, I click it, I get the data, and automatically, like immediately, see the notification. Although I just retrieved and fetched the latest data, right? So I want to skip that very first value. 
So I could say pipe, skip the first value. I'm going to import. I, what I really would love to have is that auto import here. So uh, operators, we're going to say skip, right? Um, we're going to skip the first value because the first is just the initial data. We only want to have values for all the future value, for all the future updates, which are happening in the background. So th those are my notifications. Now, when do I want to show notifications? Well, that's easy, right? We can say my show stream, and the show stream, it's based on my notification stream. So whenever there is a new like update, like new jokes available, I can just say, hey, pipe, and there's a cool operator called map2. And map2 is just a shorthand for using map and give it a function, right? I could, I could also say map, right? Uh, say my value and then say true. But I always have to specify this callback function in, in map. But map2 is a shorthand, and I can just simply say true. Isn't that awesome? So every notification that is emitted for every update that is happening in the background, I just map it to a Boolean, which is, in this case, true. So when this stream only emits values true, right? Like, let's make this a little bit more clear here. So I have my notifications here. And let's say that stream uh, emits an initial value. Oh, no, we skipped that. So I make it in parentheses. So it's skipped, right? It's 10 seconds later. Let's say 10 seconds are five dashes, so three, five. So we have some value, uh, and then we have five dashes, and so on and so forth, right? That is my notification stream. Now my show stream, I'm going to make, I'm going to type it above here. Show is going to be that one is skipped, and this one is being mapped to true, right? So this is what those streams look like. So I know when this stream basically emits true, I want to show the notification. And now I also want to hide the notification. Right? Well, since notifications is equal to like skipping the first one, couldn't you just say const show equals this dot's joke service? Like, couldn't you just make show equal the top line? Or would that not work? Uh, no, because um, this is not the same, like, the behavior, right? This really just, well, uh, you yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. So I can actually, yes, I could do that. What? Say it again. You're you're looking to use the true value. You want to use the boolean true false in order to display your class. So that's why yes. you're getting this map to in there, right? Yes, exactly. But I think I I know what. Um, yeah. I could I could get rid of this show stream, but it for me it makes it more clear because this is really. Oh no, that's totally fine. I just was curious if I was misunderstanding what it was doing, but I think I understand. So. Oh yeah, I think I know what you mean. You can you can also plug in that map to here and get rid of this stream. Basically, okay. you could do that, but I really like to make it really explicit and say, okay, these are my notifications. I'm just building up all those consts to to make it super readable. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. So now we're going to now do we get to modify the uh, the class? No, we're gonna we need another stream which flips like 
the notification to false, right? Because we also want to remove that class. Okay. This, this stream only sh uh, tells me, okay, when to show the notification. And now we need another stream that tells me when to hide the notification. And we're going to create another stream called hide. Just make it super um, easy to read. Um, I love so how logical you are and like step by step, because I'm always like, I want to see something and I want to see it now, even if it doesn't like hide <laughs> itself again. So I like it. You're thinking it through very thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, that really, honestly, that helped me a lot understanding reactive programming. Just make things super, super small, like because in the end, you can always plug things back together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, okay, my height stream. Can any, anybody tell me what that is based on? So when do I want to uh, hide my notification? When, what is the trigger? Can, for we just, can we do notifications height map to false or no? No, because my notifications wouldn't be the trigger, right? What is um, the trigger to, to make that notification go away? I, I, have like, that up, uh, I have that update button, right? So whenever I click that update button, I want to just make that go away, that notification. Does that make sense? Do we have a variable for that? Or yes, like we, have, we, have, we have that subject, oh, which the is the value, right, when I click the button. Okay. So the notification goes away when the update button is clicked. Exactly. So what I can say is update, right? Remember, this update thing was the subject, which we use here inside the template. So when I click the button, we emit a value on that subject. Does that make sense? Yes. So whenever update emits a value, well, same logic, we say pipe and then map to false. Very easy, right? And now we have all the pieces for our notification stream. So we're going to create another stream called show notification. Show notification, that's going to be an observable a of boolean i think so we have boolean so this is the stream i have to expose it to the to the view right and now i say show notification so and then as i said bring things back together we broke it down in all those like core building blocks and all those tiny pieces and now we're gonna make use the, the static merge again i today i don't know why but i always forget that equal sign so merge and i'm gonna say show and height and this thing is going to emit a value, which is a combination of all those. So let me make that a little bit clearer. So here I have, uh, I have height. And height is essentially based on update, right? So an update triggers a value, emits a value when I click on the update button. And let's say I click here on the update button. Let's say B for button and here B for button, right? Which means I would get a value here, which is false, right? And the same goes for this. This is also false. And now my notification stream is now a combination of all those. So basically, I have true here, I have false here, I have true here and false here. Does that make sense? So. Depending on that Boolean, I can just add a class or remove it. Isn't that awesome? Yes, I agree. It's very awesome. <laughs> OK, so awesome. great. Uh, so in, in here, in the template, all we have to do is basically use a property binding, right? And we say class dot 
and we know we have that visible class, and this time we type it correctly, visible, nice. <laughs> so visible, and here we're going to say we have that show notification stream, and we're going to use our best friend, which is the async pipe. Again, always use the async pipe. Um, right, and then we have the notifications already implemented. Let's see this in action. So I can click on this. We don't see a notification because we skipped the first value, right? I don't have the notification. I'm waiting 10 seconds. And there's the notification. And we have new data. Ta-da! And it's updated. It Not worked. automatically reflected. It worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> and now we get just updates. That is so cool. OK, that is really cool. I, really I want to go. Can you go back to that last? I wanted to look at that last file you were in. Yes. It's a little longer. Okay. Thank you. I really like this pattern because uh, when I implement applications, I really try to to focus on user experience because user experience in the end is is also what drives the su success of a product and having such great mechanism. And and you see, it is not that complicated to implement, right? If you if you have you have the tools, right? You have RxJS, you have all these, you have Angular. Angular gives you so much. And with just a few lines of code, this was not a lot of code, right? We can easily implement such cool thing where, where we get notifications and people can just scroll and get notified. Oh, there's an update. I click on it. Yes, I'm, I want to see new data. Or no, they can just ignore it. That's, I really... This, for me, this is really mind-blowing. And this is also why I love reactive programming so much. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. I think, uh, yeah, we, we should stop here because it's already I think one you one should totally hour. come on and do another show, Because, like, I could watch you do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean. You know what's crazy is we've, we've ran so far over the time allotted for this, and not one single person has dropped off the live stream. In fact, we have more people watching now. So, so apparently, <laughs> lots of people could watch you all day. <laughs> and they're all late for meetings. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, that makes me happy. Super nice. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a few more uh, things in the blog post um, where I actually implement. Um, you know, force reloading because that's that's something that you definitely want, right? Because now maybe as a user, I want to to be in that driver's seat and say, hey, now is the perfect time for me to get new updates, right? This is not working yet because we have to make it, yeah, well work. Although it's not that complicated, but yeah, we could do that in a, another episode if you want. <laughs> Yeah, and if people go also check out the blog post. They should read that blog post. And they can see how that's implemented as well. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I guess that would be it for life coding. If unless, uh, yeah. So we can. I could stop share my screen if you want. <laughs> yeah, that works. Cool. All right. Let me see. So if I click here, uh, I'm gonna click on. Do I still sharing? No, I'm not. We see you. We see you. That, that is was a great. Pretty close up of Dominic. That was <laughs> me very close to the camera. <laughs> you don't want to see that. You crack me up, Dominic. That was super uh, fun. Yeah, that was great. There was there was so much good stuff. I mean, probably my favorite little gem in there. I mean, all the stuff was great, but my favorite little gem was the map too. 
Um, and that's ah. the thing about this stuff is there's just, you, you can consume it. And then there's just all these little pieces that you can take away from that to do these other things. You know, I'm already starting to think about, I'm ready to use map two here and there. So yeah, very cool. Oh yes. Yes. It's, it's really great. It makes your code like even more concise because you don't have these callbacks and stuff and it's pretty awesome. There's so many great operators. All right. That was an awesome show. I knew it would be. Does anybody want to do any picks before we wrap up? I think I have two great picks. Um, one one very awesome pick is uh, from uh, Man Manfred, Manfred Steyer, which is the NG, NGX Build Plus. I think that is really, really awesome. It's essentially just extending the Angular CLI's default build behavior without ejecting. And that's, that is really awesome. You can plug stuff into there without ejecting the Webpack config and mess with all that. Really great library. You should definitely check that out. And another tiny pick is uh, it is actually called the nth child tester. Uh, I don't know if I can post it somewhere, but it helped me. Like I, I'm developing this tiny application at the moment, and I, I need to do some CSS nth child stuff. And this tool, it's from CSS Tricks. It helped me to visualize this nth child and then get my things right. I it, love it really me. love me some CSS Tricks. <laughs> yes. It's really amazing. Oh, Mike, oh now Mike. Mike Rocky shows up. Mike showed up just in time for picks. <laughs> just in time. So That's when I'm done, he, he shows up. Yeah. And uh, I was just about to steal Mike's pick, too. So, And I would have gotten away with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your pick? Oh, I get to do picks before Mike? <laughs> OK. Uh, I was going to pick the Akita, the new state management system that everybody's talking about today. All right. right. State management brain. Is that really what you were going to pick, Mike? I didn't have any picks, but good oh, job great. stealing. <laughs> well, now you have an excuse for not having any picks. I'm really sad that Panda's not here, because my pick was he, he had mentioned uh, that like Jurassic World was out or something, but it's like still like weeks away or something. But I actually saw it when I was in Paris a couple days ago, because I guess people release movies like months early in other countries. I don't know what it's about, but yeah, it was really good. And I wanted to mention that, but I'm sad he's not here. So I don't get to rub it in, but yeah. And since he's mm -hmm. not here, I have, I have one more thing that I wanted to shout out that was really cool was the new, new selection directive to, for the Angular CDK. Oh, yeah. uh, it's out there on StackBlitz and it's, it's very cool. Austin showed it to me. I think Austin probably uh, either built it or helped build it, but it was, very cool. Oh, shut don't up. kill Austin. I said it was cool because it'll go straight to his head. We don't want that. But it's pretty cool. Low key. Cool. All right, then. That'll be a wrap. Dominic, thanks a ton for coming on, sharing your time, sharing an extra 30 minutes. Really appreciate it. It was great content. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I had a lot of fun, really. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Thanks. Thanks, awesome. Ian. <laughs> yeah, good episode. I learned a lot. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. All right, we'll catch you. Tell Pascal time. we said hello. I will, and he he says hello back to to all of you. Like, tell him he should come with, on. With cool. All right. Later all right. On. Thanks again for having me. Thank you very much. For sure. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>